the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, they could have done it on Meet the Press. Yeah, all the time and tax dollars spent on the party up there on Capitol Hill today could have been saved by just waiting until Sunday. I mean, it's supposed to be an impeachment inquiry. And the Democrats invited four experts to come in and give their opinions. They're all college law professors, including Jonathan Turley. Uh, from George Washington University, who's actually a regular on panel shows and was once NBC's constitutional law analyst. And he was the only one of the four who was anti-impeachment. And there's no way any human, any human, should or could be expected to look at Jerry Nadler for hours at a time. I mean, for five minutes is a long time. He's running the show. Now, I did my best to not watch it today. Uh, and I'm not going to spend any time here today getting into the details because it's a waste of time, my time and yours, and the whole thing is a waste of everybody's time. By accident, I I did happen to catch uh, a little bit of the hearing, and I wasn't even listening to it because I had closed caption on here in the studio, and I lasted as long as it took for somebody to bring up the phone call to Ukraine which was about a minute and a half, and I had to look up there, and I saw Slawwell up there babbling, and I could see on the closed caption that when you make a phone call, and I was, it was it, I turned it off. It's, uh, how much, how long can you talk? About, I mean, what could possibly be said about that phone call that hasn't already been said? Whatever was said on the phone call, it wasn't an impeachable offense. Everybody knows that. and Well, not everybody, but everybody should. And there isn't anybody in America, much less on Capitol Hill, who thinks that Donald Trump is going to be removed from office. There's not one person on Capitol Hill. may not be one person in America. Uh, Maybe that's a little strong, but there isn't anybody up on Capitol Hill and in that building. The Democrats know it, and they just keep wasting everybody's time. But they're not wasting mine, ex- well, except for the last minute or so when I just wasted my time talking about how I'm not going to waste my time on it. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. And so if you're looking for impeachment inquiry analysis, you're not getting it here today. We're in a presidential election campaign right now. There are lots of stupid ideas being put out by the Democrats. And we'll take uh, some time to talk about one of the dumbest ideas, Medicare for All, with an expert on the subject who will tell you what a mess free health care is in Canada. We'll do that uh, coming up. And then later on, we'll make fun of Bernie Sanders, which is always fun. He's been whining about college kids being hungry. And now he's whining about how the mean president is going to take food stamps away from millions of people who would most likely starve to death and be lying on the streets of America. So that's what we're going to talk about. But I can promise you, we won't, won't talk about that phone call right here. Stick around. Now don't you hear me calling, baby, baby. Don't you hear me calling, baby, baby. Don't you hear me calling, baby, baby. And your telephone is busy, busy, busy all night. Don't you hear me calling, baby. Confusing, tedious, worse than a math test. That's how most Americans describe shopping for health insurance. Yep, open enrollment is here again. You have until December 15th to choose something very expensive that you hope to never use. And if that makes you want to stick a red-hot poker in your eye, call Marley Financial. Marley has every plan available in the tri-state, but they also offer some of the most innovative solutions to tackle the high cost of health care. Heard of first-dollar benefits, the most expensive part of a health plan? They're great if you visit the doctor a lot or take medications, but if you're healthy, why pay it? A catastrophic plan through Marley may be all you need. Or how about a high-deductible plan you can pair with a supercharged HSA? Not all plans qualify, but Marley's do, offering double benefits to cut your out-of-pocket costs in half. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 for a custom-designed health plan with the coverage you need at a price that's right for you. 724-884-1496 or at MarleyFG.com. They blow into
into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience. Visit us at OnePlaceRadio.com. Do you want to get rid of your expensive landline, save money, but keep your important home telephone number? Then OurOldNumber.com has the perfect solution. OurOldNumber.com allows you to keep your home phone number and cancel that expensive landline connection. With OurOldNumber.com, calls from family and friends to your home phone number are answered by a personal greeting from you. The caller selects which family member they want to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded to that family member's cell phone. Your important home phone number is still your number. It's still in directory assistance, and no matter where you happen to be, you'll never miss a call. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. There are no long-term contracts, and it's only $9.99 per month. Best of all, OurOldNumber.com eliminates those annoying sales calls. Now, your home telephone number can be as mobile as you and your family are with OurOldNumber.com. Visit OurOldNumber.com to learn more and get started today. OurOldNumber.com These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel. Newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz Biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, for all I know, they're still talking about Donald Trump's phone call up on Capitol Hill. In fact, I'm sure they are, and it's still a waste of everybody's time. But eventually, the Democrats are going to have a candidate to run against President Trump, who's not going to be removed from office, by the way. And based on what we've seen so far, there's a good chance that whoever it is is going to be promising some form of single-payer health care. And that's a bad idea. Sally Pipes may know more about that than anybody. She's president and CEO of the Pacific Research Institute and the author of a book called The False Promise of Single-Payer Health Care. She joins us now. Sally, thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me on. So, uh, I go to Canada a lot. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to tomorrow, and I hear a lot of horror stories from people I know up there about uh, what the people there have to deal with when it comes to health care. Why shouldn't Bernie Sanders and other Democrats be telling Americans that we should be learning how to do it from the Canadians? Well, I'm glad that you go to my homeland, Canada. I was sort of embarrassed by, I don't know whether Mr. Uh, Justin Trudeau, whether it was true or not, but what he said about Mr. Trump in oh, London, yeah. that yeah. He's, you know, he's on shaky ground. I think he may, his government may be toppled in it because it's in a minority situation. But yes, I mean, I'm 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 Canadian. I grew up under single payer. And when Bernie Sanders, um, candidate, of course, for the Democratic nomination for president, tells the American people that Canadian health care is free, 
I mean, he's just absolutely lying to the American people. Canadian health care is not free. The government decides how much of its GDP it's going to spend on health care, about 11% compared to 18% we spend here. But because of that, the demand for health care is much greater than the supply government's willing to provide, and so you get long waiting lists for care. Bernie Sanders doesn't tell you that the average Canadian waits almost five months from seeing a primary care doctor to getting treatment by a specialist. He doesn't tell you that if you're an older person, your waiting time will be even longer and your care will be rationed. He doesn't talk about the shortage of doctors um, in Canada, the fact that that leads to, to waiting long waits. And he, he tells you it's free. And, you know, the average Canadian family of four pays $13,311 a year in, in hidden taxes to pay for a health care system where they're on a, on a waiting list and their care is rationed, and there are about 1.1 million Canadians on a waiting list, and the cost in lost wages because of, of, of poor health is about $2.1 billion a year. Bernie Sanders doesn't tell the American people that, but this is not a system that we in America would, would like. And I, I'm delighted that the support uh, in the latest poll for Medicare for All has gone down from 59% back in April down to 51%. And I think Finally, we're educating the American people on what it would mean if the government totally took over our health care system where an, an all private coverage under a single-payer system would be outlawed. There would be no private care. And, you know, that, that, that would be a disaster. 180 million Americans um, have employer-sponsored coverage. 71% rated as great. And so this would be, you know, a lot of these people don't realize that if they vote, vote, if, they vote if Bernie becomes the candidate and he wins, they, that will all change. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you just said in there. I want to get to some of the points you just made. Um, but for me, uh, well, first, a couple of things. I find that as much as I hear horror stories up in Canada from people, and I mean, I'm not talking about necessarily death, you know, people dying because of it, but just, you know, talking about the weights and having how far they have to drive to go find a family doctor and just all the all the red tape they have to go through. But I also find that the Canadians, while they may complain about it, they're also very quick to defend it if someone from, say, like me, from the United States brings it up. Many of them will say, oh, no, they, they, they seem to be conflicted a little bit because they, they like to defend it at the same time they tell you horror stories about it. Well, I think, you know, what you have to realize is that Canadians are very nice people. I know and they that. don't like to. And so, you know, they don't like to be they don't like to be critical. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, not everybody needs to use health care, use the health care system. So a lot of Canadians, I mean, if they go to the doctor, if they have a cold or or whatever, um, you know, it's, it's nothing. The, the, as I say, the waiting time from seeing primary care doctor treatment by a specialist is, you know, 19.8 weeks, almost five months. But, you know, if you're not in a situation where you might need an MRI or you think you have cancer, and then you think, well, you know, well, we have to wait, but maybe it's not such a, a, a big deal. But, you know, there's a reason 211,000 Canadians out of our small population of about 37 million, you know, go abroad to seek treatment because and pay out of pocket for an MRI or a hip replacement uh, because the waiting time is too long. My own niece, who graduated in, in Canada as an orthopedic surgeon, um, about four years ago, after two years, not one of her friends or nor had Megan been able to secure a job as an orthopedic surgeon uh, because the provincial governments couldn't afford to pay any more surgeons. In the meantime, all these people in Canada are on the waiting list to, to get a new knee or a new hip. And so this is something I think the American people don't understand. But, you know, we are finally seeing in the polling that in the older uh, population that there is a lot of resentment growing about the long waiting times and about the ration care. And, you know, my own mother died from colon cancer in in Canada uh, as a senior because she when she thought she had colon cancer, she couldn't get a colonoscopy because she was told that she was too old and there were too many people on the waiting list. She finally got one, you know, when she'd lost 35 pounds and was hemorrhaging. She got a colonoscopy but died two weeks later from metastasized colon cancer. American people, you know, they expect to get their tests. We, you know, we do a lot of great screening in this country for, for cancer, but that's not the case in a country like Canada or in the UK. And remember, um, now that I'm playing my Christmas music, um, I'm a great fan of Michael Bublé and his Christmas album. You know, when his son, um, Noah, age three, was diagnosed in Vancouver with liver cancer, 
uh, Michael Bublé did not stick around to see how what kind of treatments were going to be available in Canada. He and his family immediately went to Los Angeles and went to the Children's Hospital there, where he was treated by, as he said, the very best of doctors. And his son, you know, um, two years later is is still uh, cancer free. And so, and he did have an option because he can afford to go, but not everyone can do that. And I think that the American people need to realize that these waiting times are long and they're harmful to your health if you have or you think you have a condition that is um, life-threatening. Yeah, so, so just as an example, you mentioned orthopedic uh, surgeon. Um, I've had knee surgery here a couple of times, actually four of them, and I, oh. I um, nothing major, but just, you know, an orthopedic, I mean, an arthroscopic, you know, cleaning out my knee kind of thing. But anyway... If so if I were to go, uh, if if I wanted to get my knee looked at, uh, I wouldn't. I up on up in Canada. If I went to my my family doctor and I said my knee is sore, I'd have to wait how long before I get to go see an orthopedic surgeon to see if I needed surgery. Well, you probably have to wait um, you know, many many months um, before you got in with an orthopedic surgeon, and then you'd have to wait many many more, like another. 10 or 11, 12 weeks in order to be able to get the surgery. But, and so, you know, there's, so, you know, you're looking at, at five, you know, an average of five months between when you see the primary care doctor till you actually get the surgery. And I'll tell you that, you know, when my mom, um, she was an athlete when she was young and she developed knee problems, she had to wait because she, I think she was a senior then. She had to wait a year to get an appointment with an orthopedic surgeon in Vancouver, you know, one of Canada's largest cities. And then after the appointment with, with the, the orthopedic surgeon, she had to wait a year, another year, to get her knee, which meant she was using um, a cane. Her knee was very swollen. And the, they determined that because of her age, that they wouldn't give her a titanium knee, but she would get a plastic knee because they last five years. And they predicted that my mom from their tables, that, um, that she wouldn't, you know, live another five years. And, of course, my mother, you know, lived another 15 years and really needed another knee replacement, but she wasn't going to go through it. So not only do you have to wait, but, you know, do you have access to the latest treatments that are available in the U.S. and the latest, you know, types of titanium knees, which American people take for granted if they need a knee replacement? Well, I know of a case up in uh, the little town where I go uh, in Ontario that um, where uh, a couple of them, but one of them, our next door neighbor up there who lives there year round, uh, his wife had some kind of an issue. They thought it might have been a stroke. They took her to the hospital. Uh, by the way, the local hospital was just yanked out of out of town. They they have to go now like fifteen miles where they used to have to go two or three. They closed that right. hospital, but uh, and there were signs everywhere saying, you know, please save our hospital, and that didn't work. The politicians just yanked it out. But uh, she went to the hospital, and her husband went with her, obviously, and uh, they were taking a look at her, and they said they that she was okay, but they're going to need some tests, and they told this guy, that he could take her home. And he said, I'm not taking her home, and he just left. And I said, why'd you do that? He said, because if I take her home, I'd wait months to get the tests to see what actually is wrong with her. But if she's in the hospital, she'll get the tests. So he just, he refused, he just left. He said, I'm I'm not taking her home. So, you know, she got the test done within a couple of days instead of having to wait for, you know, I don't know if it was a CAT scan or MRI, whatever it was, she would have had to wait months for it. So he knew right. not, not, not to take her home from the hospital. Exactly. And the other thing, you know, that Bernie Sanders never talks about is the fact that um, under his plan and under Elizabeth Warren's plan and these various single-payer plans, doctors would be paid 40% below what they get paid today. Doctors would be paid um, according to uh, Medicare, Medicare rates. And so a lot of doctors, many doctors, you know, sort of 50, 55 have retired early because of Obamacare. A lot more doctors would... would um, retire early if we get single payer. And I also think, you know, the best and brightest kids are not going to go into medicine because of, of the fact that they'd basically be like in Canada, they'd be union members. And also hospitals would be paid less and I think paid less. And I think, you know, they would a lot of hospitals would close, just like in Canada. If they can't, you know, hospitals are part of you know, paid by the provincial government. And if the government doesn't have the funding, the hospital will shut down. And that would be the same thing in the US that a lot of hospitals would have to shut down, and a lot of, you know, what's going to happen to all the people um, in this country, um, Elizabeth Warren says 2 million people would lose their jobs if we got Medicare for all, because a million would be doctors, 
and the million would uh, and the million would be people who work in the insurance industry. And you know, so so in America, all these people, you know, what are they going to go and get a job in the government, or is the government going to expand significantly in order to be able to process all of the um, you know the 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 um, now, one of the, the idiots for doctors. One of the idiots said uh, that they would just go get jobs in the automobile insurance industry. Well, she suggested that, and she doesn't. Does she not realize that the auto insurance and the house insurance industry are completely different than the skills that you need to work in the health insurance industry? Yeah, Yeah, they don't care about that. They just they want votes, and they think, and it's it's free. So, how does Canada pay for it, Sally? They pay for it through taxes. As I said, the average Canadian family pays in hidden taxes thirteen thousand three hundred eleven dollars. Is that sales? How is it hidden? It's hidden. It's hidden. So they, you know, you don't, you don't you, but the tax burden, Canadians, their, their tax freedom day is much later in Canada than it is in the U.S. because, because, um, because of the taxes. Plus, you know, the taxes, the sin taxes, the taxes on tobacco, the taxes on cigarettes, the taxes on gasoline, you know, are much, much higher in, in, in the, um, in, in Canada than they are in the U.S. You know, my mother used to drink um, gin, and she drank Gilby's <laughs> gin, which I think was like $22 a bottle. This is a few years ago. But the same gin at Calafoods in San Francisco you know, was $8. It just shows the difference, you know, that the taxes that on alcohol, tobacco, gasoline also have to be a lot higher. Well, there's a federal sales pay. tax, isn't there, on everything? Uh, yep, and also um, back in about 1988, they introduced um, a goods and services tax, which adds an additional um you know, um, it's, it's like the VAT in Europe. But the idea was, oh, well, well, we'll introduce the goods and services tax so that everybody shares equally, but we'll also reduce people's personal income tax. Well, of course, that never happened. They can't, they need, they need all the money they can get in order to fund a giant government that, you know, in Canada that Canadians, you know, are, have a much greater um, dependence upon government than we do here in America. America's a different, a different country and government you know, it's traditionally being much smaller. But when you look at the candidates on the Democratic side right now, whether it's Biden and Buttigieg, Warren or Sanders seem to be the top four, um, they want to take America down the, down, the road to, down the road to serfdom, as Hyatt would say, and increase um, dependence upon government. And what do you say to people uh, like Bernie Sanders who will say that every other industrial uh, country in the world has government health care and we're the richest country in the world and we should have it too? Well, you know, the Bernie Sanders um, doesn't say that there are only three countries in the world that have a true single-payer system like he wants, Canada, North Korea, and Cuba. Uh, the others have wow. universal coverage plans, which include, you know, private care, but they also include government care. And we have 50% of our health care today is in the hands of government. We don't have a total private system. We have Medicare for the elderly, Medicaid for people earning yeah. Um, uh, below 137% of the FPL. They have the VA system, which is a single-payer system, which is not treating our, our vets well at all. And we have the CHIP program. So Bernie Sanders, think about, you know, he even admits 30 to $40 trillion over 10 years for his plan. And, of course, that's just the increase in federal spending. It will be a lot more because when people think something is free, they will demand a lot more of it, and the cost will be even greater. Just think of what Medicare cost in '65. What they predicted it would cost twelve billion by nineteen ninety, it cost one hundred and ten billion. Yeah. This whole healthcare system would cost, you know, much more than thirty to forty trillion over over ten years. We're talking to Sally Pipes, finishing up here. She's the author of a book called "The False Promise of Single Payer Healthcare." I have twenty seconds left, and I'm up against a hard break. Uh, can it will it ever change in Canada? I only have twenty seconds. Um, well, I hope so. There's a big court case in the BC Supreme Court. Brian Day, my friend, is suing the government because of the lack of allowing his private care, and that, that we should get the decision later this month or early January. And that may open up the Canadian health care system to some private medicine, and I hope it does. If not, it'll go to the Supreme Court, and I'm sure it'll be a big battle. Sally, thank you very much. As always, I'm out of time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. That's, Take care. Bye. All right. Sally Pipes. We'll be back. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Four law professors are testifying this hour at the House Judiciary Committee hearing into the impeachment inquiry on President Trump. 
Republican Congresswoman Martha Roby says there are no specific impeachment charges. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle have admitted they don't know what articles of impeachment they will consider. How does anyone expect a panel of law professors to weigh in on the legal grounds for impeachment charges prior to even knowing what the charges brought by this committee are going to be. One GOP Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas complains the committee hasn't had enough time to review the House Intelligence Committee's report on impeachment. He also says none of the legal scholars at Wednesday's hearing had firsthand knowledge of the events in question. On Wall Street, the Dow by 147 points. The Nasdaq rose 46. The S&P advanced 19. This is SRN News. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Most people in today's economy are taking a roller coaster ride with their investments. With Vantage Point software, you can remove that dynamic from your investment strategy once and for all. Vantage Point has spent the last three decades perfecting an artificial intelligence process that you can put to use today to take advantage of market fluctuations and make money no matter which way the market moves. Vantage Point software analyzes massive quantities of data all around the world in seconds, so you get the information you need to make the right decisions to optimize your profits. Vantage Point is making its exclusive market forecast process available to you for free when you text money to 411411. That's M-O-N-E-Y to 411411. We'll send you a link to your free market forecast so you take back control of your financial future. Text money to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Mike Gallagher reacts to Bloomberg getting into the race. Do you recognize how much trouble the Democrat Party is in even advancing this idea? If they think a 77-year-old former mayor of New York named Bloomberg is going to be their answer, holy cow, the party is in a mess. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. Windows R Us Pittsburgh. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch the harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men, from heaven's all-gracious king. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. The board and staff of the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Year's. Visit us at AlleghenyInstitute.org. In traffic, we've got the answer. We're looking at volume delays on the Parkway West inbound from Airport Expressway to 60 Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound side slows down Banksville Road to Carnegie. Parkway East, very heavy outbound with delays between Forbes Avenue and Edgewood Swissdale. Inbound slows down Edgewood Swissdale to the Tunnel Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Delays on outbound 28 Veterans Bridge to 40th Street Bridge and Butler Street to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Plenty of clouds tonight, breezy, with occasional snow accumulating according to an inch or two. Watch the slippery roads, low 29. Clouds will start the day tomorrow, followed by clouds and sun in the afternoon, high 38. 
Cloudy tomorrow night, low 31. Plenty of clouds for Friday, high 42. Saturday sunshine will have a high of 38. With your accurate forecast, I'm Brian May. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A few days ago, uh, Bernie Sanders tweeted this. uh, 40 million people go hungry in America each year. Among the children in the richest country on earth, how outrageous is it that one in five will go hungry this year? Yet Mr. Trump has proposed $22 billion in cuts to food stamps. Well, Robert Rector is the Heritage Foundation's senior fellow in domestic policy and an expert on this issue. He joins us now. Robert, thanks for being here. Thank you. So before we get uh, into the reforms that, that have been proposed, are there 40 million people in America going hungry every year? That, that sounds a little no, high that, to me. That, that's, that's obvious nonsense. It's false news. I'm very familiar with the report that Sanders is referring to. In fact, virtually everyone who's, quote, hungry, as he says, there's a question in the survey that says, were you hungry or did you miss a meal or anything? All of them say, no, we were not hungry. We did not miss a meal or something. It's something, it's an abstract thing. It has nothing to do with hunger. Uh, it's it's completely bogus. Well, it's like, it couldn't be more false. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's like uh, twenty three minutes to six right now. I'm a little hungry. Um, yes, exactly. Got, I'm going right. to be eating dinner what, what here pretty it, what soon. What it's really saying is, if you lost your job or something like that, did you did you spend less money on food and you eat less expensive food? And the answer is yes. Yeah, uh, you did. But did you miss a meal? No. Were your kids hungry for even a single day? No. Uh, and and so forth. The number of people who actually have food shortages is is around two or three million, uh, and they have a lot of other issues going on in their lives, right, right. to put it mildly. Right. So uh, yesterday I went on kind of a rant. I don't know if you saw this from Bernie yesterday. He tweeted about uh, college students. He said, I think he said one in four college students is hungry. (laughs) It's the same uh, thing. It's this complicated deep state report, which no sane person has ever looked at, which has like 17 or 18 questions about, did you eat smaller portions at any point and so forth? And, and it specifically says it doesn't measure hunger. It's called food insecurity without hunger is the original name for it. And they, but they use it for, for misinformation and for propaganda, and, and they want to build a bigger welfare state and, and to undermine our society with absolute nonsense. Well, you know, you know I, I gave the example yesterday. I mean, uh, here in Pittsburgh, if you went to the University of Pittsburgh out in Oakland section of town, uh, if they have 20,000 students there, that means there are 5,000 Pitt students walking around hungry every day. Mm, it's absolutely. just insane. It's just it, it's just absolutely idiotic. He also has said things at, like that that the United States has more poverty than Mexico at one point. Yeah. He just really, <laughs> I mean, honestly, because they live in this bubble of misinformation, I think he probably half believes a lot of this stuff. But, but the, when the when they actually talk about that report, they actually have to say if they're trying to be honest, it's at risk of hunger. Like, yeah. if things went really badly, <laughs> you might be hungry. Yeah. But everybody, virtually everybody in that report that they're talking about actually answers a question that says, no, I'm not hungry. Yeah, I was hungry a lot in college. And, I, you know, I, I lived on yeah. Campbell's Soup, and, and that's what you do in college until you can get somebody to buy you a nice meal and maybe your Peanut parents send you a care jelly, package. Right? Yeah. yeah, they used to call it a care package. You remember that, Robert? Yeah, sure. Uh, you'd get a care package because your parents would send you some food, and that mm-hmm. would be—you'd be really happy to get it. And that, you know, I wasn't a poor kid. It was every kid was like that. Anyway, uh, how hard is it to get food stamps right now? Uh, it's not hard at all. Uh, the problem in the food stamp program is that uh, there are large numbers of people in there that are getting uh, up to two hundred dollars a month. And they're not required to do anything in exchange for that aid. And so what the Trump administration has said is, look, anybody who needs these food stamps, we're absolutely going to give them to them. But if you've been rece- if you're an able-bodied adult without any kids, you're not elderly, you're working age, and you've gotten these food stamps without working for three months, 
we're going to nudge you in a positive direction. We're going to require that for you to continue to get the assistance, you either have to get a job or if you can't find one, you're going to need to do some job training or some job preparation or even just supervised job search, but you just can't sit at home and collect this aid without doing anything to move towards self-support because for one thing, that's really bad for you. It really undermines your long-term financial prospects to sit around without working month after month after month. If you need it, you're going to get it. And you know, these reports are saying, well, 700,000 people are going to lose their benefits. No one, not one single person in the United States will lose these benefits unless they refuse to do the activity that's required by the food stamp program, which is to move to prepare to get a job or to search for a job, something like that. And there are jobs right now out there. There are, and even if there aren't jobs, again, just sending a check and having some, telling somebody to sit around and collect benefits really, really is harmful. It not only deprives them of current employment income, but it the longer you sit without working, the, the lower your wages in the future are going to be. It's a disastrous thing to do. You never do it to anyone that you cared about. You wouldn't do it to your children. No. You wouldn't do it to, to your to your friends or anything. You would say, look, you, you can't have a job. We've got to find you a job. You've got to get up and look for a job. If, if you need some training, we'll give you that. That's what's being said here. And you know, over 90% of the American public agree with the following statement. Able-bodied adults who receive cash, food, housing, or medical care from the government should be required to work or prepare for work as a condition of getting that aid. Over 90% of self-identified Democrats agree with that. But the progressive left believes in a permissive welfare state, and they oppose every aspect of every type of work requirement you could imagine, and they always have. What the Trump administration is talking about now is doing in a very small way in the food stamp program what welfare reform did in the 1990s. Welfare reform took aid to families with dependent children, a program primarily for single mothers who weren't working, and it established work requirements in that program. Caseloads dropped dramatically, employment surged, and child poverty fell at the most rapid rate in, in U.S. history. Everybody saw that as a success. The left had to say, oh, yeah, okay, we think this is a good idea, but this was 20 years ago, and so they're now back to where they originally were. They oppose any type of work requirement in welfare, no matter what. Because that's mean, to make somebody that's go mean. to work. You yeah. know, uh, about a year ago, Andrea Ocasio-Cortez talked in her Green New Deal about how you needed to give aid to people who were unwilling to work. Yeah. And uh, she had to draw that back because yeah, it sounded really bad. But that's really what they believe. And, and, and unfortunately, most of the welfare state actually operates on that that principle because it gives out close to a, tr uh, a trillion dollars a year and in most of these programs there's no requirement that anyone do anything and we don't know whether they're unwilling to work or not because no one asks them to work and it and what 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 happens is that people when they when they pay their taxes every year and when they were whatever well, however their income or whatever their their activities are taxed and they don't they don't know that you know one penny of it went to pay for somebody's food stamps but if if you had somebody living down the street from you uh, and his name is Walt, and he hasn't worked in like five years and he looks perfectly healthy to you and the I don't know the the the, count, the the township commissioner knocked on your door and said, "Listen, uh, you got to give us a buck because um, Walt down the street he's he's out of food, he's kind of hungry, and uh, we'd like you to give us a dollar." And you say, "Well, no, I I'm not doing that. I've looked at the guy; he looks perfectly healthy. Why does he go get a job? If if nobody would put up with that for ten seconds, if it was if right. you if it was made, you know, a visible thing to people, but it's all invisible, and so they yeah. they put up with it." And, and and let's be fair to Walt. You know, a lot of people uh, are on the social margins. They have difficulty getting jobs. And I'm not suggesting, nor is the Trump administration, suggesting just cutting their aid off. Yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, if you listen to these news reports, as I, I think I already said this, 700,000 people are going to yeah. lose benefits. Well, again, not one person in the entire United States is going to lose one dime of benefits unless they refuse to look for a job. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, now, a lot of them will drop off because, hey, they can get a job, and if you're making them do a lot of activities to get the benefits, it's not a good deal anymore. A lot of them are have what we call hidden jobs. They actually have a job, and they didn't tell the food stamp office that they have it. And when you put a work requirement on them, guess what? They can't be two places at once. They're off the caseload. Yeah. But that's fair to the taxpayer. For those that really aren't employed and really uh, can't find a job readily. I have deep concern about them, but just sending them a check every month is really not helping them. You really want to find those people that cannot get work. You want to give them assistance to find work. You want to give them training and so forth and so on. Work is the best way out of poverty, and we want to encourage it rather than just saying, hey, go home, we'll send you a check. It's the way we help you. It doesn't help anybody. We're talking to Robert Rector. He's the uh, Senior Fellow in Domestic Policy at the Heritage Foundation. I have another question for you, Robert, because this comes up a lot. And I I always have this question. um, And you've you've heard some of the Democratic candidates talking about this for uh, school lunches for kids and um, that they they can't afford – to eat uh, lunch, so you have to. Everybody should. They should have free lunches for them, and some people are even suggesting three meals a day. Be there for breakfast, mm-hmm. stay after school for dinner. If right. the people who would be in need of that, and people who would benefit from that, aren't they the same kids who would be coming from households that get food stamps? Absolutely, and. and- they definitely already get that. We already have a free breakfast program. These programs tend to promote obesity because you're you're, you're double and triple. <laughs> Donuts. I'm not making that up. Yeah. That's actually a fact. You're double and triple feeding them. Again, we don't want kids to be hungry, but um, really just this process of just giving one benefit piled on top of another without any type of promotion of work or marriage. All these programs, incidentally, uh, one of their great features is that they actively penalize mothers and fathers if they get married. I mean, you could not make up a stupider system than we have. You you reward people for not working, and then if if a mom and dad get married, you take maybe $10,000 of benefits away from them because God knows why. Yeah. It's a terribly stupid system, and what you want is a system that that, it, that encourages work by saying, hey, you can't get these benefits forever without doing anything, and then you sure as heck don't want to be penalizing mothers and fathers when they get married. And, and uh, the school lunch thing, I mean, uh, how much does it cost to throw a, a bologna sandwich, an apple, and a cookie in a brown bag and send the kid off to lunch. That, you're, it's not, yeah. how many people can't afford it, that? It, it, it's, it's very demeaning to the parents. Uh, the, the left likes to create this image that they're not capable of doing anything, and therefore the government has to come in and step in. And, and I, I wouldn't get rid of the school lunch program, but I would say with respect to all these programs, there are over 90 different programs that provide cash, food, housing, and medical care for the poor. We spend a trillion dollars a year. And the, and they, these programs pile on top of each other. They become very expensive. And virtually every single one of these programs discourages work by by endless handouts and penalizes marriage. The poor and the society would be much better off if we changed that and said, "Hey, we're here to help you, but we expect you to help yourself." We're here to say that the number one weapon against poverty is actually the married family, and we want to encourage it, not penalize it. The poor would be so much better off, and society would be so much better off, and you could do that for less money than the current dysfunctional system. And I only have a little less than a minute to go here. Um, What are the chances of this, uh, the reforms going through and, and sticking? Oh, they're, they're real. So they can't, they can't stop them. Um, and so the, un, the problem is that it really of these able-bodied adults without kids, only one in three of them are going to be required to work. That's better than nothing. 
Uh, but these reforms are real, and this is a positive step toward making the welfare system a work-based welfare system where we give you aid, but we expect you to take steps to help yourself in return. Again, 90% of the public believe in that. The only people that don't are on the far progressive left, and they're the ones that are whining and complaining right now. But this is a positive step for helping the poor authentically and for making the welfare system more sane. Well, uh, Robert, I appreciate you being on. I'm I'm on record as uh, holding out. Uh, for, I'm waiting to see which Democrat I'm going to vote for. I'm waiting for free shoes and free pants. When someone yes. offers that, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> Hey, okay. We don't have that program yet. That's right. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, Bye-bye. we'll be right back. living in a very successful, affluent society for many people, yet it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired and work with uh, UPMC or Google or, or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton and he guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-716-8087 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code STAG. As we enter this holiday season, we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for. This is Greg Trzinski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we're grateful for you, our loyal customers. With your support, more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. And we have been hometown-made for nearly 30 years. So thank you. We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we want to know, is it better to give or to receive? This holiday season, one local winner won't have to choose. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set to a local winner and providing another set to be donated to a nearby charity. Visit any Original Mattress Factory location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. We wish you and your family a holiday season that's filled with cheer and goodwill. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Not only do we have great grills, but also the best hot patio heaters. We are the nationwide distributor for Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters, the very best patio heater that you can get. The Bromic heaters use the same radiant burner technology as our Solaire infrared grills, so they heat up fast and keep you warm so you can enjoy your backyard grill and outdoor living spaces into the night and all year round. Bromic heaters have stylish contemporary designs that fit perfectly in backyard and restaurant patios. We have gas and electric models to suit most installation needs and a portable gas heater that directs the heat where you want it, not the bushes and walls like the mushroom heaters. For top quality performance and aesthetics, you want Bromic Radiant patio heaters and Solaire infrared grills. Learn about these amazing grills and heaters at besthotgrill.com 
That's BestHotGrill.com, BestHotGrill.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Interesting that the man would mention toxic masculinity there. Uh, I came across this this tweet today. This guy is uh, Mark Lazarus. I have no idea who he is. He writes for The Athletic, which is a really good uh, sports website, which I read. I have friends who work for it. Uh, but some, for some reason, it just popped up on Twitter, where you can find me, by the way, at Steigerworld. But it just popped up there. If one more person laments to me the quote-unquote wussification of sports, of boys, of men, of America, I'm going to scream. Being a blank is not manly. Inflicting pain is not inspirational. You know what takes strength? Empathy, kindness, humanity. And I looked at this and I thought... Uh, just think about what he's saying there, and he says he hates the wussification of men, and he says, if one more person laments to me the wussification of sports, of boys, of men, of America, I'm going to scream. I mean, is that a little bit, I don't know, just kind of jumped out at me. So I thought I had to run that by. And also, it came at a time when we're expecting a little bit of snow here tonight, and I, saw, I came across a story in Wausau, Wisconsin, where there's an ordinance that uh, says that if you throw snowballs, you're breaking the law. Uh, and uh, it means anywhere on public property, not on sidewalks. You can't do it on city streets or at school. If you do, you could be fined for throwing a snowball. So it reminded me of when I was in school, back when men were men, at old St. Bernard School in Mount Lebanon when the coaches, they were called coaches, the male teachers, when we'd get a good snowfall and it was good packing snow and you could make snowballs, they would organize snowball fights, have forts built along the, you know, where they had the snow all piled up and it would be the fourth grade against the fifth grade and the fourth grade would be behind the wall of the fort and the fifth grade would charge and screaming and throwing snowballs. I'm still suffering from the trauma from that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it. I'll talk to you on Monday. I'm taking a couple of days off. See you later. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.